Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Just like that, the final hour is here for the Wednesday edition. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll discuss the Georgia Bulldogs and the LSU Tigers and the path where both could meet in the SEC championship game. And we'll throw out some scenarios, some um, hypotheticals. Another thing that Belichick doesn't like, if you're joining us earlier in the show. We'll look ahead to some possibilities for what the committee must consider. Again, that's in 20 minutes from now. We'll start, though, with uh, just a quick injury update. Uh, Day-to-day, that's the update on Josh Allen and the elbow issue in Buffalo. Could play, may not play. No confirmation whatsoever there. Um, Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol. And Paul Ryan Tannehill did more than he's done in 10 days at Titans practice today. They're about to host the Broncos. Uh, in the individual period, which uh, is open to the media, the people who were out there said he, uh, he was more active during that than he's been. It's not hard to be more active than he's been because he's really done virtually nothing but stand around. So he did more than stand around. Let's take a look at our playoff elimination picks. And I'll kick things off. And I'm, I'm going to uh, describe why I'm going the direction I'm going in a moment. But uh, Texans, Jets, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos. Those are my first five picks. I hate the fact that I have the Jets out in week two. And they're playing so well right now. Uh, the Bears and Commanders were eliminated by me in week six and seven. So I'm removing them from playoff contention. The Commanders are in the hunt. I'm really worried about this. The Lions, we know they're out. And I, I added them to my list last week. But I, I want to live on the edge here. Since I've already got two teams, Jets and Commanders, that are in the mix, and especially New York. Guys, I, I have plenty of teams that I could go with. The Rams, the Colts, I haven't listed them yet. They'll be coming soon. Um, they should already be there over the Jets and Commanders, quite frankly. I'm adding the Green Bay Packers. I'm eliminating them this week. I'm standing by what I said last week. I thought the Tampa and L.A. matchup last week was a playoff eliminator. And I also said... If the Lions beat the Packers, Packers are out. There's a lot of talk, a lot of quotes coming out of Green Bay saying, hey, a lot of people are counting this out. We're not viewing it that way. This is not something that's fixed randomly over the course of a Thanksgiving break or a holiday or a bye week. Or This, this is a, a lingering issue where Rodgers, who threw four picks last year total, has... Three picks this past week against the Detroit Lions on the road in a game that you've got to have at this point if you want to contend for the seventh spot in the NFC. I'm eliminating the Packers this week from playoff contention across the NFL. Yeah, it's really only Aaron Rodgers is the only thing keeping me from saying the Packers are done, and Aaron Rodgers was terrible. 
this past week yeah. too. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that pick. I would like to go back to week two. Do you remember exactly what it was that made you eliminate the Jets so early? Yes. So we we started this. We I think we added three teams at once in like week four. Yeah, or something like that. And um, the Jets had they had they were about to get Zach Wilson back. But at that point, they had one win, and it was on a flukish comeback against the Browns in the final two minutes. With Joe Flacco. It, with Joe Flacco, right. And it was just, uh, it was not pretty. You know, young team, they didn't really look like they had much together, like in, in terms of uh, chemistry. And that week that Zach Wilson came back, he wasn't great in Pittsburgh. So I was like, ah, this, is, this is an up-and-coming team, but they're out. And now... Robert Sala has done a tremendous job. Their defense is awesome. And Zach Wilson, he has receivers he can throw to in a run game uh, with James Robinson, So who scored this past week. I, I, I will raise my hand and say I'm sorry, Jets fans. It's okay. It's okay, Hutton. They forgive you. I forgive you. Um, and maybe they will be out when all is said and done. Let me tell you who's <laughs> out on my list, my elimination picks so far. Commanders, not feeling as good about that, but I still feel like it's going to bear out where they're not going to be in the playoffs. Texans, obviously, feeling great about that one. Panthers, done. Colts now, officially done, unless Jeff Saturday brings this team on a miracle run. Not seen ever in the history of the NFL with an interim coach that his last year coaching was a 3-7 and seven record in high school would have to take the Colts on to get to the playoffs. Broncos, feeling good about that one. We'll feel better about it if the Titans beat them in Nashville this Sunday. Bears, feeling okay about it, but they've got something going right now with Justin Fields and the offense, which they didn't have before. Lions feel great about it. Raiders feel great about it. Guys, it's time to go with my new elimination pick, and I was holding out on this team okay, simply because the franchise, and more specifically, the success of their head coach. That is Mike Tomlin, and I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am now ready to say they are done. Why, you ask? Because they were had a bye this week. Well, it's process of elimination. The last time I saw them, they were getting routed by the Eagles. They are a one-and-a-half home underdog this week against three-and-six New Orleans. I believe that pick's going to look even better after this week when they lose to New Orleans, who's not very good. Steelers currently two and six, about to be two and seven, and they are my latest NFL elimination pick. A sound pick that has already been on my board. I think you're you're safe with everything here. I'm, I'm not worried about the Commanders. Commanders are ninth in the NFC. They've got uh, two teams ahead of them in their division, who they've I'm sure got games left against and are going to lose too. I started off with the Panthers, Commanders. Texans, Bears, Steelers, Broncos, Raiders, Jaguars feel perfectly fine yep. about everybody. And this week, uh, while Hutton adds the Packers, who are, uh, I believe, 12th in the NFC, I add the Detroit Lions, who are 15th. <laughs> so I, I still had some good candidates left. The Lions, coming off a win over the Packers, are still 15th. Out of 16 teams in the NFC, can't go wrong with the Lions. Paul, you've yet to eliminate anyone from the NFC West. Uh, that That's purely a coincidence. 
But I, I feel I don't think I've eliminated anyone from the NFC West. No, either. Uh, no team from the AFC East either, and that's the best. The, the Easts are the best divisions in yeah. football. I think the, that's why I feel bad about Washington. I think the Cardinals will come under consideration soon. Paul, you've not eliminated the Commanders. No, I he has. I'm, okay. I, I'm saying I, yeah. I have too. I don't He's feel not worried about, about it. it. I'm not I, worried about it. Uh, just because the the Saints NFC and AFC close. East. Combined record compared to the re- like the other teams that are barely trying to you know either above five hundred or right at there there are plenty of better teams in both of those divisions compared to the rest. The boys, I would say a, for me the Saints the are close still. and the Cardinals would be probably as things stand today Saints Cardinals Colts. There's a lot of bad still left on the board. I'm looking at that and that, it's like a juicy ribeye where you're still trying to go down to the bone right now on it, and I got a lot of bad teams. Here's the thing about this year's NFL. There's a, there's bad teams that will make the playoffs. Yes. So it's becoming more and more tricky to pick elimination teams. Uh, the Saints are a good example. I mean, I, I'm close to picking them to eliminate. Yeah. Uh, who, who's a lot better than the Saints right now in the NFC that's in those in last the, playoff spots that's going to be right around there at the 10, 9, 8, 7 range? where they could sneak into the back part of the playoffs. Well, it should get hard soon. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams go to – there are 14 teams that go to the playoffs. Yep, and I mean, the, the, the thing, too, about the Saints, they go on a run. The division leader right now is at four and five. Yeah. Which well, is we crazy. keep talking about runs. The thing is, we're not seeing anybody on – like, nobody's on Baltimore one is. now. Baltimore's, yeah, Baltimore's won three on straight. One. The Titans were on one, and and they faced a good team, and they're not on one anymore. So, what's outside of Baltimore? Like, what's the best winning streak going on? I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's not uh, more than three Seattle games, yeah, three Seattle. four games probably. So, heat right now in the NFL doesn't mean what it typically means. Well, I mean, you, you've got, of course, but well, I, Philadelphia, obviously. Philly, yeah, is I'm not, we're not counting them, but the, heater. I mean, they count. Um, in fact, they've won, what, 11 straight going back to last year in the regular season yeah. with Hurts. Um, Chad, the, looking at some of the, uh, the storylines across the SEC, and we'll hit on Georgia and LSU coming up. Um, Tennessee, you mentioned earlier, style points matter. They can't have a sleepwalk performance against Missouri. And then you've got to kind of run up the score a bit, don't you? If you have the opportunity against you've uh, the the remain like all three remaining yeah th- i mean I, I don't you have to leave no doubt that the loss to georgia was the only blemish there's no guarantees uh on anything they need to win all three obviously lose one and they're out of any college football playoff conversation at that point right. they are officially eliminated but i i don't know that winning all three will be enough if there's a one loss pac-12 champion i also don't know that running up the score on these threes three would be enough if there's a one-loss Pac-12 champion. Um, I really think what it may come down to, it could come down to Tennessee and Michigan with one loss and, and not a Pac-12 champion. If TCU loses, um, whoever goes on to win the Big 12 is going to be a factor. If, if it's TCU with one loss, for example, it, it, any of those Pac-12 teams currently with one loss that wins the conference will be an obstacle for Tennessee but yeah, I think as a 21-point favorite at home this weekend on Senior Day, uh, you don't need to carry this thing down to the wire. You know, put them away. You beat them 62-24 to 24 a year ago in Columbia. If you put one on Missouri and Hooker has a huge day and your offense is 
doing whatever it wants again like it was earlier in the year, that's going to look good for Tennessee. It's going to look good to that committee. Oh, hey, that was just a hiccup against Georgia. If you carry that Georgia offensive performance where you're discombobulated, you've get, you're getting pre-snap penalties, your receivers aren't getting open, hitting hookers holding the ball too long, you're getting sacked, against a solid Missouri defense, then even if it's a close win, you survive in advance with a win regardless right. of how it comes. Yeah. But you're going, to go, you're going to leave it up to the committee to say, hey, Tennessee, there's something off with this team. What you don't want to have happen this week is coming out of that game saying Georgia broke something with Tennessee. There's something off that carried into the next game. That's what you want to avoid if you're them. But I really think just looking at the college football playoff picture as a whole, one loss Pac-12, possible one loss Big 12 team, those are big hurdles for Michigan or Tennessee if they are have one loss and are out of their conference championship game. Paul, um, Titans defense carrying the load, right? Absolutely. Rams defense did as well against the Buccaneers, who are also not good on offense. But Jalen Ramsey called out the Rams offense. Um, quote, the defense should not have to go back on the field. Simple. Got to have some dogs who are going to get it. We shouldn't have to be on the side. We should come to the sideline after a big stop like that, and our coaches or the other side or whoever's telling us, we got to, we got to need y'all one more time. Defense he's talking about. We're going to have to need you guys one more time. Like, what the bleep? We just made a big stop, turnover on downs, with a minute and some change left, and no timeouts for nobody. That's uh, They lost 16-13 to Tampa. I mean, on the one hand, a lot of people will see that kind of as a prelude, at the very least, to infighting. On the other hand, I, I hear it, and I think of it as, as motivational. Like, he's calling them out and saying, let's go. And uh, you're not allowed to do that in the league any, anymore, at least not publicly. No one does that. Yeah. Um, you you're know, right. But, but Mike Vrabel in Tennessee recently praised his team for, for not going there. So as soon as anybody goes anywhere close to that, it's a sign of disunity. You have to just say, hey, uh, if you're the Titans defense right now, you have to say, hey, there have been times where they've picked us up even though there haven't really in this season been times where the offense has, has – I mean, Derrick Henry running for 219 in sure. Houston picks up the defense, but the defense was, was great also. It, Titans are a defensive football team. That's just a fact of the matter, and the defense has to accept it, and they play up to the challenge every week, and they just kind of do their job. Let me state the obvious here. Jalen Ramsey is a great player. He's a punk. If he wasn't a great player, he'd be cut. If he was an average player – if he was a low-end well, NFL starter at corner, he, he wouldn't be playing. But that's who he is. Jalen Ramsey's not going to shut that off. Well, it's part of what makes Jalen Ramsey could be a special teamer, and he could be talking that way, and he would find himself cut on a Mike Vrabel team or a lot of other teams, right? I mean, that's just – he's they, always been that – going back to his time in high school, he's been that type, not just of competitor, of teammate. There are guys who love him. He plays hard. He fights hard. You respect that part of him. He's also a guy who's going to say things he shouldn't about teammates. He's been that way throughout his career. I mean, he's, yeah. he's an absolute punk. But I only bring he's it a up. great player. There, absolute punk. But do you are... accept it as a teammate? Like, like uh, I'm even having this with my 13-year-old son about kind of categorizing your friends. I, I've got a friend who's a dear, dear friend of mine in college, but he's the, unre he's the unreliable guy. Like, you know, like if you're going to see him, you gotta, you've got to be the one that finishes off the effort. And he's not going to be the one that, 
that drives the 20 miles to show up. If you want to hang, you're going to be the one that drives 20 miles to show up, and you just accept it. Is that the case with Jalen Ramsey? He's a great player. And if you're going to have him as a teammate, you accept that he's going to be the outspoken one that says things. He's good enough that you make that trade-off. It's just, I mean, comparing the, the Titans' offense is really struggling. You've got Matthew Stafford, again, in concussion protocol now. He's on the field. He's 13 of 27 against the Tampa defense. You need a first down. A minute and change. You've got two timeouts. You need to get need, one first down. Yes. And they could not do that after getting the goal line stop on fourth down against Brady literally seconds earlier. And he gets the ball back. He drives down with nine seconds left. Touchdown pass to Kate Otten. Uh, so it is on the defense. For whatever reason, they allowed the sideline to play a factor in this because they let the the Bucks receivers um, and, and backs get to the sideline, get out of bounds. They didn't Cardinal push them scene. in. But still, I mean, Cooper Cup, you got Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Uh, go, list goes on. You could not get a first down with that group. Yeah, look. But I, is this I, the I, kind of guy you accept? Yeah, I, going back to your question, the Paul. Uh, I accept it if I'm uh, a, a starting offensive guard for the Rams that could easily get cut or moved or go somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. If I'm Cooper Cup or Matthew Stafford, I'm pointing out to last year in Green Bay, hey, we lost 36-28 to 28 because you couldn't get your ass off the field. And we put up enough points to win. Did we say anything about that? No. So shut up. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that and it fair. takes someone stepping up and saying that. And maybe Jalen Ramsey takes a swing at him well, and starts a fight. But, I mean, it takes another great player to say that. If you're some role guy, you're not going to be the one to step up and say that to you know highly paid Jalen Ramsey, who's maybe the best cornerback in the league. But if I'm Matt Stafford and I've built up equity or Cooper Cup, one of those guys – if I'm OBJ a year ago and this happens, then you can step up and say, dude, I've done a lot in this league too. There's been times where we've carried you and your defense and we didn't come out afterward and start saying you got to pick it up and do more. Well, they're also going to say that behind the scenes. Of course. Right. They're not going to hash it out in public. Of course. Coming up, Kirby Smart and Georgia's dominance and LSU's path to an unbelievable finish. Next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. I'll kick 360 rolls on. A couple more injury updates for you across the NFL. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not practice today. Aaron Jones also limited. Packers are really banged up coming off of that loss to Detroit. Ezekiel Elliott limited in his return to practice as the Cowboys get back after it. And, of course, the Cowboys are on the road this week in Green Bay against the Packers. I'll kick 360, 6th and Peabody with Yaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We've got the CMA Awards tonight where... Literally happening in a block from our left, if you're watching, you're right, and it'll be packed. This area is going to be – I noticed today I was, I was driving in the studio, and a couple side streets I normally go down were blocked off. Yeah. And then it, it came to me, oh, Red it's carpet. CMA Day. So they've got everything around the arena uh, blocked off. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always fun. It's Peyton amazing. Manning hosting. 
Tonight, uh, I'll be watching the monologue, at least. I've fallen so far out of any form of popular music, and I like country music. I don't know much of anything that's going on now. They could yeah. announce people that will play tonight that I've, for the first time in probably a long time, I wouldn't even know the bands. I would not know the artists that they're introducing at all, anything about it. My niece is coming to town uh, for, for Thanksgiving. She's got in-laws here, and um, I'm trying to hook her up with uh, group tickets for the Preds. And the Preds people are all working half days because of oh, because of day. so yeah. it's hard to the Preds to, on a road a road trip to too, get road. to get people in touch with people. So um, I wanted to pose this question to you guys, completely off topic, but I just saw this and it popped in my head. Um, how important is a villain in a movie to your desire to watch that movie? Here's my example: I enjoyed Black Panther. And in large part because I really like Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, who was the, the villain in it. This latest movie, Wakanda Forever, whatever that villain is, I'm not a comic books guy, but it's some sort of like, uh, it looks like an ancient Aztec sea, sea guy. You're he talking, like comes up out of the ocean and they live the underwater. Just the trailer for it, I'm talking about the villain in the trailer, okay. makes me not want to watch the movie. If I don't care enough about the villain... Oh, because it's cheesy, you're saying. I don't want to watch the movie. Well, I mean, comic book movies are by nature cheesy at times. But they can make... But the, this, there's this, a realism to the villains sometimes. Yes, and I don't know who the actor is that plays the villain. I'm, I'm not the least bit interested in the villain in the latest Black Panther movie to, yeah. to the point where I don't care to watch it. That's how bad it looks with the villain. I don't care. It's someone who like, keeps their home under the sea. And then comes Under out of the, the sea. The Kraken. I've got no interest in comic book movie of any variety. Batman? You didn't like, you don't like Batman? The Batmans, yes. Maybe I a mean, Spider-Man. But nothing beyond But that. like a, a Bond movie. You know, Rami Malek, I love him as an actor. That's where it, it heightened my sense of wanting to see the Bond movie yes. that Rami Malek was the, the, the Christoph Waltz as Blofeld. Mm -hmm. I, I got more interested in that when I knew that he was going to be the villain. Whoever. It's a lot like sports. I mean, they, they, you've got to have a a villain that is going to evoke some type of emotion for whenever you're rooting for them to lose or whatever. Um, the best parts, though, are whenever you you take the comic book, like uh, Joker with Heath Ledger, and you see that, and it's just so captivating with how real yeah, that's, that character that's the old was. time example right um, i mean there's other good ones yeah i mean that that character alone recently we've seen several iterations has been unbelievable of it. yeah yeah just through that character there was something i was reading about where someone completely ripped off heath ledger in a role and just they admitted it they're like i completely channeled heath ledger's joker for whatever role interesting they had in a tv show or movie and i'm completely blanking on what interview I was reading where they said they were basically doing Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker, the entire movie. Um, I, I just, I, I don't get in, I'm, I'm probably in the middle, right? I'm not someone who knows all the comic book stuff and watches everything. I watch Ant-Man because I love Paul Rudd. I watch Iron Man because I love Robert Downey Jr. I get into more of the real life type stuff where there's a human element to the character that's funny or whatever. Um, Black Panther I enjoyed and there's been so much hype about this movie which comes out I think this weekend maybe or very soon but I see this villain I'm thinking who cares 
Have you guys not even seen the trailer? No, it's I, on I know every what you're talking single. About it. I haven't paid. If you've watched a football game, I have seen it. The, seen it, but the I don't trailer's watch it. on there. Seen it, yeah. but I don't watch it. But it hasn't grabbed. Me. I don't know how you cannot. I'm always amazed these, at Paul's Ken? ability to not see things. Do you have one of these? When commercials come on, I look at this. Okay, it's I on that too. But you realize it's all over that. Paul's holding up his cell phone. It's not. On, it's not on my Twitter. Um, well, I mean, if it, it is, I say I'm not interested in this ad, and it goes away. I just rely on Chad to tell me when to watch the trailer. Yeah, it's it's anyway because he's noticing everything. Look, it's it's a bad villain. I'm sure someone's going to hit me up and tell me the entire history of the villain. An and hour why and 15 minutes from now, you're going to have it. Why it's important to, to the a, Wakanda story. We lived, yeah. we lived in a good age of movies. That age is over. All movies are comic books now. Most of them suck. So I, I threw this out on Twitter. I said, should I, over the weekend, I want to watch a film. And I said, is there a movie I should watch? Or should I just go back to watching all the ones I know are good that I watched in my youth? And I got two recommendations, and I watched one of them. What was it? Barbarian on HBO. Good. It okay. is a, I didn't know it was just a straight horror movie. Uh, I thought it was more suspense. But it was, a, it was, I'm not a big horror guy. It was suspenseful, and then it became a horror movie. But it's very well done. It's, there's no big names in the, in the movie, but it's a pretty cool story. The whole premise is, Paul, uh, a, a woman gets an Airbnb in Detroit for the night, and when she gets there, a guy is already in the Airbnb. One book through Airbnb, one book through Home Away. And then they decide to share the Airbnb. That's where it begins, and it goes in a bunch of different directions. I've got From that point. It's a lot of misdirections. You think it's going to be one thing, and then it's another thing. I highly recommend. The other one that got recommended to me is All's Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, off the, the book, the obviously. Book. And it's a German movie that's on Netflix in subtitles, but people are raving about it. I, I want to see the, seen Ban- this, Davey? the Banshees of Inisherin. I want to see that one has been gotten a That's lot Colin of word. Farrell, right? Uh, yeah, to Leslie is another one I want to see. The Peripheral. I don't know if that's a show or that's a, movie. a show. Those that's are, uh, Tyler. Our guy Tyler gave us that recommendation. Those are uh, it's and from Widow. It's from the maker. Uh, it's from the people who came up with Westworld. The producers and director of that mm, show. That hurts. It. Westworld got canceled. canceled. After season five, and it, the whole plan was to have one more season. They were told two season story arc. They ended with a cliffhanger that was setting up what I thought was actually going to be a return to the start of the show, which would have been a good thing, where they're going back to the park into the old west with the storyline, and instead, too expensive, you're canceled. What an ending it would have been. They were going to return to the start of the show where nothing was comprehensible, and that's what made it good. Yeah, it was, it's a mystery box show. I just, uh, it, it was too complicated for me. Paul likes a paint-by-numbers story. No, I don't like a paint-by-numbers story. But there's middle, end, conclusion, you I'm can, done. You can go too far. Paul, once you found out the twist I'm going to tell, tell our radio one. audience what this is as I show it. This is a phone. <laughs> what Paul wants is a story that he can be on his phone the entire time, reading whatever he wants to read, and still keep up. With the plot Some, of the show or the movie. Sometimes I want that, but the that, Westworld is too Westworld, Westworld got worse immediately when you knew what the whole dynamic was, was, right? Like when you didn't know what was real and what wasn't, that's when it was really good. Yeah, the beginning the when every episode's like, okay, what exactly is going on? And then the yeah. more you found out, the worse it got. It also, when they left the park, it yes, got terrible. Yes. 
They should have never left the amusement parks. Agreed. They could have gone to another amusement park and had more mysteries around that instead of going out into the real future world, which is terrible. Colin, our producer, tells me the villain in Wakanda Forever is Submariner, played by Tinoch Huerta. Your favorite. Submariner. What if you end up I, just the name Submariner turns me off of the movie? Like if you told me, guys, we're gonna have this huge, it's gonna be a big Marvel development. The big villain in this movie is Submariner. I'm thinking out. What if if wh- you're pitching me and I'm the head of a studio? All right, out. Next. What if he watches this movie and he winds up loving it? He comes back and he goes, you know what, guys? This was one of the best villains I ever saw. I didn't see it coming. I got very best excited. Supporting today. Actor. <laughs> Paul's gonna probably hate this, or maybe you'll love it. I don't know. But um, I got very excited today because I saw an announcement that Disney Plus is doing an Indiana Jones series. They, they, it, they've got like the rights one? from Spielberg and George Lucas to do it. And they, they have not announced. Because Harrison Ford has said, this is my last one. It's coming out next year. There's a fifth Indiana Jones coming to theaters next year. He's done. So the thought is, are they going to do like they do with Marvel movies where they have shows to watch in between the movies that lead the movie or like the star is wars series have all been very well received well a smart one would be well not all of them but the Most latest one has Andor. obi-wan are was. they going to do a um a prequel that leads into more movies with a new indiana jones actor i, See, am I think that would be curious. i don't think that'd be smart though you need to launch the next indiana jones in theaters when you get the new indiana jones yes. i'm very curious what they're going to do with this last Indiana Jones, because he's so old. So don't, you can't have him riding horses and whipping people. You know, <laughs> they, he's got to be a teacher with a prodigy. Well, what if, right? it, what if the whole... Protégé. What if it just became uh, like uh, uh, Dead Poet Society? <laughs> like the whole last installment is him as a professor. That's what it needs he's to be. He's reaching his students, and then he, he finds the next big archaeologist. That? That's what it's got to be. It's a they, drama. It's not action at all. It's just they, they could it's also, him as, as Robin Williams' character. They could also oh, Captain, just have flashbacks. They could do that, but that kind of like the Irishman, where the whole CGI thing makes makes him look so much younger yeah. in that movie, and that's, that's still him playing the character. Yeah, but the old guy can't. Him at his current age can't be an adventurer. Well, see, the, the idea was, and the, la- the last one was the worst one, the Kingdom of the Crystal School, but Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be the guy to take the Launching mantle into that. from Indiana Jones. He wasn't going to be Indiana Jones, but he was going to be an Indiana Jones type as his son. And what became of that? He went crazy. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf, the actor, went nuts, so they couldn't do anything with him. The movie wasn't well-received, so they just completely scrapped that idea. Well, isn't he in uh, Ray Donovan? Didn't Shia LaBeouf in Ray Donovan? No. No? I don't know who you're, who you're thinking of in Ray Donovan. I don't know either. I didn't watch a lot of Ray Donovan either. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those, do you treat Indiana Jones like James Bond, where you just go and different actors can portray the character in different adventures, and you have movies for years and years, or do you stick to sort of the same Harrison Ford plot line where it's not an ageless thing, but you go back and show a prequel? Now just give me a three. Find a way to give me three movies out of it. Don't make it endless like uh, like like a lot of these comic book things are. Um, you realize they keep making them because they're no, I know. extremely successful. I know, but they're not good. Um, it doesn't they're matter. They're good to me. The but great I, the great films don't get national recognition uh, in this regard and make money. That's the key here. 
I know, but if you give me a, th- I'm just asking for what I right, want. Right. I want three, another three Indiana Jones, not without one of them being bad. Set it up for a new guy and give me three classic movies out of it. Let's aim for threes. Let's not aim for like an endless thing. If you're gonna have an endless thing, make it a really good TV show. Like make it a really good show on Disney Plus. If you want to have like four or five seasons of a great show, yeah, I'd take that and a too. premise that's around the Indiana Jones universe and different characters that's from the old movies as younger characters or whatever, that would interest me. But I'm with you. You can't just you can because that's how they Disney Plus loses money too. They have very small. I don't think they lost money. A very small profit this past year for Disney Plus. Well, the I actual would venture streamer. a guess that a lot of people have Disney Plus have the bundle that I have with Hulu and ESPN Plus. Yeah, which they're getting money a from a lot of different right? places. It comes at a reasonable rate. Um, so we, we've started the scenarios for the college football playoff. LSU knocking off Alabama with two losses now. With a win over Arkansas and Alabama win over Ole Miss, LSU is going to the SEC championship game. The hypothetical here, guys, is if they beat Georgia, if they went out and beat Georgia, that's the best win of the college football season, right? And again, this would mean that Georgia takes care of business and they waltz into Atlanta like they did last year. And a same type of scenario sets up where Bama beats them. What would have to happen in front of LSU for a two-loss LSU to get into the playoff? Because keep in mind, they would be the SEC champion and... The committee has never left out the SEC champion, and that that it, they also value the SEC just based on the rankings. You can tell what they think of LSU, what they think of Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky. Name it. Um, it it could get really chaotic on championship weekend. I don't think it would happen. I really don't see a scenario where LSU, even with beating Georgia in the SEC championship, gets in. It, unless the Pac-12 champion has two losses. Right. Whoever that is. Right. Uh, TCU, I think, even with one loss, LSU would jump them. But you're asking for all... It's possible, but you're asking for so much to happen. Because then you would have to come to the argument... That LSU belongs in over Tennessee, right? Even though Tennessee beat them badly, and we know they're yes, in their house. I know, but they're the SEC champion. Beat, and they, the, yeah, they the, have a win over Georgia. Yeah, the best win of the season for any team in this scenario. But but I, I, a devil's advocate here: best win of the season for anyone is Georgia on a neutral field in the SEC championship. Then, so the team with the best win on the season that you're saying is college football playoff worthy, then Tennessee would then have the best win of the season against that team that's the SEC champion because they won there, not on a neutral site, badly. And well, they blew them out. So again, they, I think it's tough I, to make that. They, it's, it's more difficult to argue, I think, that the SEC champion should be left out than it is, like, who's the better team? I think Tennessee's better than LSU. We saw it. We saw the final score in Baton Rouge. And it's undeniable what they've done since that game. I was a doubter last week. I took Bama minus the points for a reason. And I will not doubt them and Brian Kelly and what their offense is doing again. Um, I don't think this happens. But it is when you see where they are at seventh. 
and you start to look ahead and peek ahead at what they could do given their schedule and given the fact that they're valuing Alabama and Ole Miss so high and you have LSU that has a win over both of them plus what is to come for the Tigers, that there will be a lot of discussion if LSU and Georgia are meeting unbeaten through this whole this whole stretch um, since the Tennessee matchup. And based on also, like, Tennessee's not going to have that national storyline now. I, um, I think it's right? more They're likely. They're not going to be on the, the big marquee matchup now. I think it's, let, let's look at Although the, the Missouri game is CBS, right? Yeah, it's at CBS at 11 a.m. Weird CBS yeah. doubleheader with that one. Um, they get that early doubleheader this week, so they just chose the Tennessee-Missouri game as part of it. Um, I think it's more likely that LSU loses to Arkansas this weekend than they beat Georgia. That is a three-point spread at Arkansas. Say that you think it's more likely. I think it's more likely LSU loses to Arkansas this weekend than they beat Georgia. Yeah, I I would agree with that too. LSU is a three-point favorite at Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson has not practiced a ton this week. So that's one to watch. If he's not full go, then obviously LSU is going to win that game. Yep. But I think that has the chance to be a weird one in Fayetteville, coming off a loss to Liberty, and then LSU coming off that big win. That's one to watch. I, I wonder if anyone will be in that abandoned house that's apparently... That's someone, for rent now. Someone. It's an Airbnb. Do you think the girl that owns it now gives tours and says this is where the Tyson Food CFO slept? She left the, the bed there. unmade. And she brings people in $5 for the tour of the Tyson CFO. This is where he collapsed. Chalk outline. This is where he was cuffed. Yeah. This is where he spat on the cop <laughs> on his way out and said, do you know who I am? That, do that you part's know, not true. Do you know how much chicken is fed to this country because of my family? <laughs> this is where he said that on the front porch on the way out. I think that she should charge a charge a fee for people to come see was that place. Was he screaming as he was removed from there? Eat more chicken. I just, I'm, I'm making all that up. He didn't speak. He just yeah. went back to sleep. He's screaming. I was very sleepy. He's screaming the Chick-fil-A. Speaking Paul's language. <laughs> yeah. Very sleepy. Yeah. He I like snooze. to sleep more during the day. It's that 5.30 p.m. alarm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That went off yesterday, by uh, the way. That 5.30 p.m. <laughs> went off that yesterday. 5.30 p.m. alarm isn't there by accident. <laughs> <Cut> me <laughs> set up for that at some point. Let's talk Georgia, and let's uh, look ahead to the sports night and discuss what's to come, setting up what's going to be a fun football weekend next to now kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wrapping up what's been a... Fast, fun show from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Looking forward to seeing Luke Bryan and Peyton Manning um, hosting the CMAs tonight. That should be cool. Um, Georgia. Defense not as dominant as last year, but I do see a more complete team, a more confident team, an offense that is capable of starting a game and setting a tone and forcing you to chase, chase calls. And 
for that, Kirby Smart. Now, the, the next big thing is quarterback, right? But Kirby Smart has come to Athens and is establishing exactly what's going on in Tuscaloosa. I think so. It's, it's, a, it's also a blend of early Nick Saban dynasty with a dominating defense with later Nick Saban dynasty with an offense that could score a ton of points too and do it every possible way. Uh, this is another thing George got a chance to do this year. Be better than last year's team. How? They lost a game a year ago. Yeah, They lost yeah. the SEC championship. They're going to get LSU more than likely in this SEC championship game. That's not Alabama. All due respect to LSU, that's not Alabama of a year ago from a talent standpoint. This is an LSU team that's probably two years ahead of schedule for Brian Kelly right now that's not quite ready, I don't think, to compete with and beat Georgia in that game. They got a chance to be undefeated national champion this year. They were national champion a year ago, having lost the SEC championship. They got a very beneficial schedule. This year in the SEC, getting Tennessee at home, their toughest road game is going to be Mississippi State this weekend, and then they're going to have an and SEC prior to championship that was what, game. South Carolina. Yeah, did they even play? They may have played South Carolina. They've they've had no, a very played, weak schedule. But was yeah, that in Columbia? No, it was. Yeah, yeah, but that was the the post game where Shane Beamer was asked if the team is going quit. to quit or whatever. That's right. Um, and it was very early on in the season. Point, would, being, point being, you're right. I mean, their their schedule is set up perfectly for them, and they've got Mississippi State this weekend. It would be funny if the reporter who asked Shane Beamer if the team was going to quit after that just decided that every time after a loss he asked hey, the same keep question. Asking it. Team going to quit when they lost twenty three to ten to Team's Missouri at home. Hey, do you sense that he quit in that locker room as you walked? <laughs> How back about in there? now? How about now? Because he, he makes a point to bring that up. Hey, someone sat in here and had the audacity to ask me if this team was quit. Well, what about now? What about now? It'd be funny if every time they lost, he just asked the same question. I, and I realize this too. Like, Bama will reload. But consider Georgia lost 15 players to the NFL draft. Uh, they, and they, the defense had like record. three guys they, left? They were, 15 players were drafted. Uh, five of them in the first round. Hey, speaking of and, Bama reloading, Hutton. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because Lane Kiffin spoke today on that. And, uh, you know, he he had the line about Paul Feinbaum needs to shut up, firing Nick yeah. Saban up. Um, Goat food. Bama, even after the two losses, they're playing at number 11 Ole Miss. True road game. They are a 13-point favorite in that game over Ole Miss. Says a lot about both teams, both programs. But Lane Kiffin said, it's so ridiculous that you – he's like, I understand that the job of the media is to stir things up at times, but it's so ridiculous that anyone would say that this dynasty's over or Nick Saban is slipping. He said, I'd understand if they lost these games by multiple scores. He said they lost because they missed a field goal and then Tennessee went down and made one, and they're a a stop two-point conversion away from beating LSU on the road. It'd be one thing if they're losing badly. I totally get what he's saying. Yes. Tom Luganbill said the same thing to us. I don't think Nick Saban's going anywhere. They're going to have a top three recruiting class again next year. They're still going to have great quarterback play. What do we think happens this weekend, though? How great would it be if they lost the third game? God, it would be. Well, here's the thing. If you are a fan of a one-loss team in college football trying to make the playoff, you're a Bama fan this weekend. Yes. Because that hurts you. Because then Ole Miss is going to go right into that one-loss spot at the end of the season and not play in the SEC championship because they lost head-to-head to LSU. So you could have Tennessee and Ole Miss sitting there as one-loss SEC teams not playing in the SEC championship. Tennessee would have better wins because they would have the LSU win on the road. Would be a crazy So they would win the tiebreaker there. Crazy standings, though. But still. Also think, too, like this, uh, 
what Georgia is approaching, which is back-to-back titles. Saban here, and again, the two losses, two losses or two losses, but a combined four points. And they've now lost two games prior to Thanksgiving for the first time since 2010 with Bryce Young, returning Heisman Trophy winner, and with Will Anderson, who's the best pass rusher in college football. That's where you could say Saban's slipping. If Georgia goes and wins back-to-back titles, national titles, then you could look at Saban and say, well, Alabama looks to be slipping a little bit because somebody else in his conference has just won yeah, back-to-back national championships. He would be that. I mean, Kirby Smart has become the first Saban disciple. Uh, that's, I mean, Jimbo Fisher hasn't done it. He won one at Florida State. He wasn't able to sustain it there. He's done nothing really outside of one really good year at Texas A&M in yep. his six years there. Kirby Smart is the first Saban protege to replicate Saban's success, at least at some point. He's not done all of it yet, but he's on his way. If they win back-to-back this year, he is the new Saban in the SEC. Doesn't mean the old Saban is dead. Gone. Right. They can stay right there and win the West every single year, and we could enter a 10-year war with Georgia well, and Bama at the end of the year playing in the SEC championship. And, and then It would feature with, uh, Nick Saban in 81, by the way, <laughs> at the end of that 10-year war. And it Still would coaching. feature both teams in a 12-team college football playoff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and which is going to be tremendous. Yeah. Can they get to each other at the end of it would be the annual question. Coming up tomorrow, Trey Wallace will join us. We'll preview the SEC weekend. Also, Armando Salguero from Outkick.com and Michael McHenry recaps the World Series and the baseball season. We'll look ahead to the awards, MVP, Golden Glove, and more. Previews the 2023 Looking forward Yankees. to that on Outkick 360. Don't block the box, but please, please lock your locks. See ya!